One of the things that we decided right off the bat when we started this podcast was we would not let just anybody sponsor us. To get on here and be a sponsor, you have to share the same values and you have to have the same heart uh, as we do. And you have to be providing something that's very important to us. And coffee is very important to us. And that's why we've been very happy to have Juniper Mountain Trading Post Coffee as our personal sponsors here on the channel. They're the company that provides all the coffee for the school. It's the coffee that we drink personally at home. And, uh, and we're very, very happy. They're a family-owned company that does everything themselves. And they have the same standards and the same heart that we do. So if you're looking for a, a quality coffee company, uh, go to junipermountaincoffee.com. And when you check out, make sure that you plug in and type in Dry Creek, all one word, for a 10% discount. Good morning. Dwayne here, Dry Creek Wrangler School. Uh, it's been about a week since I put anything out. We've been kind of busy. Mom and I went to up into Kentucky to spend uh, a little bit of time with a friend and do some riding. And then my... Uh, my daughter and her friend came over to ride with us, and so we just got back last night and uh, want to take the opportunity here before this giant cold snap comes through and, uh, and make a video. I've had something on my mind for quite a while now, and I want to share it with you this morning. Now, I want to preface this before I share it with you. Number one, I'm going to be talking about and to uh, men. All right. And, uh, that doesn't mean that I'm telling all the women go out on the porch. I just want you to understand that that's just where I'm at. Number two, I'm not, there are some folks out there who are very bitter and they're very hurt and rightfully so. Uh, they're very defensive and rightfully so. And if you don't stop and understand the heart, with which I'm approaching this this morning, then you're going to take this as a defense, as an excuse uh, for poor behavior in a certain segment of the country. Um, this is not defending anything or anybody. This is not excusing anything or anybody. This is just trying to understand. And sometimes if we can understand someone else's behavior if for no other reason it gives us a little bit of grace and a little bit of peace to understand that okay now i'm not my numbers i think my numbers are pretty close but go look them up for yourself check them out for yourself okay and i'm not saying they're exact but i've been doing some research and and i think they're pretty close as long as i remember them and, and state them properly um, in 1865, yeah, we're going back that far. In 1865, the American Civil War ended. And the total casualty count was about 620,000. 620,000 men. I know women died in the Civil War, uh, but we're talking mostly combatants here, and we're talking men. 
620,000. That was 2% of the entire population of the United States. Now, to put that in perspective, if we lost 2% of the entire population of the United States today in men, it would be 6 million and 600,000 men. If we lost the same percentage today, it would be 6,600,000. That's a lot. Now for every man, not every man, there were a lot of young men, there were a lot of boys, there were a lot of grandfathers, but for a lot of those men that didn't come home, there were boys without a father. And just as important as that, many of the fathers who did come home or the men who did come home and then fathered children after that uh, were damaged inside. You, if you haven't, you should do a little bit of research. Just pick two of the battles. Pick the wilderness campaign. The wilderness was exactly what it sounded like and in the middle of that battle uh, there was a forest fire started and the soldiers that were wounded were in the middle of that forest fire. It was, it was horrific. Uh, look up the Battle of Antietam. Uh, do some research on how horrific, I mean war is always horrific, but how bad it was back then. Then imagine if you spent four years, because they didn't rotate through in two years back then. They, when they signed up, they were there to the duration of the war unless they got wounded and had to come home. So imagine spending four years in that hell. Imagine what that does to you psychologically. Imagine what it does to you mentally. And you come home, you go back to the farm. Uh, when you left, you had a little four-year-old son, you come back, he's 10. Uh, or no, you come back, he's eight. Four years without a father, and then you trying to get through and survive what you went through and bottle that up and just go back to normal life, raising your children, training your children, teaching your children, providing the tenderness uh, that your wife and your children need. I, I mean, there was no understanding of PTSD back then. There was no counselors. There was no, there was nothing. You just went home, you bottled it up and you dealt with it as best you could. In 1917 or 1918, we went into uh, the United States joined World War I. I think our casualties in World War I was like 55,000. It all had an impact. There was families back home that were impacted. They were impacted by fathers who didn't come home or fathers who came home damaged. Um, then we went into World War II. Um, our casualties in World War II was over 400,000. Over 400,000. That's not just 400,000 men that lost their lives or were physically wrecked. That's 400,000 families. That's 400,000 sets of parents or sets of children or wives uh, that were affected. Uh, the ones that made it back. Can you imagine the kind of father 
that these children had come back home. And it's not like the dads wanted to be that way. It's not like they wanted to shut up and to close off and to come apart. But how do you deal with that kind of trauma? How do you deal with those kind of demons that keep you awake at night? The things that you saw, the things that you did, the things that were done to you, the things that you witnessed that were done to civilians. Um, and then we went into the Korean conflict. And this is generation following generation following generation. And then we sent our boys off to Vietnam. And when they came home, they didn't receive a parade. They were reviled. They were spit on. They were ostracized. It's, and then we turn around and, and we look at an entire generation. If you want to make me uh, disrespect you, if you want to make me angry, very, very angry at you, I won't say anything and I won't do anything, but if you want to drop a lot of notches in my estimation, turn around and look at some older fellow and call him a boomer with disrespect. You have no idea who that boomer was raised by, and you don't know what that generation's of family, the hell that they have endured to still come out and still raise children and still put food on the table. A lot of these men came home and they had no control over their lives. You take Vietnam, they were not allowed to win that war. We were not allowed to win that war. And they knew good and well, you have no control, take that hill. But they knew good and well if we took that hill, tomorrow we're gonna pack up and leave and the Vietnamese are just gonna come in, they're just gonna retake the hill. You're not allowed to do this, you're not allowed to do that, you're not allowed to do this, don't do that, there was no control. So they come home traumatized, mentally and emotionally, and they walk in and there's their little kids been waiting for them. And they have to keep the demons down. They have to keep the violence down. And, and so they turn to drugs. They turn to alcohol. The ones that don't turn to drugs and alcohol, a lot of them, they turn to their job. Why? Why did you have a whole generation of fathers that were just totally distant, who did not connect with their wives, who did not connect with their children? who worked 60 and, 80, 60 and 80 hours a week to make a living, to make a job, to come home exhausted, to get up and go back to work again because that was something they had control over. That was something they had a say in. That was something they could put all their focus in so they weren't focusing on something else. And yeah, the children paid the price. And a lot of times those children, they grew up and we sent them off to war as well. You don't know you don't know what somebody has gone through. You don't know what that person, their parents, what they went through, the ones who raised them. And, and, and folks were raised by our parents. Now, some people come out of it. Some people overcome it. Some people, they meet some mentor on, on the, on the, along the way. Um, they find what they need and they get through it, but a lot don't. But a lot don't. And, and there is, and you know, people get on here and they poo-poo it all the time. You know, they poo-poo this, this, uh, this thing. But there is a huge major attack against men in this country. Don't get on here and deny it. If you do, your head's in a hole in the sand somewhere. You're being an idiot. All right? We're attacked from every side. We're attacked from every side, and we have been for a while. 
But this country has been sending the men of this country off to war for generations, for decades. And these men have gone, and if they didn't die, they come home and do the best they can and try to pick up and raise the next generation, which we then turn around and send off to war. And then those poor kids come back, and what do we do? We don't help them. They don't get help. They're damaged psychologically. They're damaged emotionally, but yet they have to raise the next generation of kids, which we then turn around and send off to war. And so, yeah, we had a generation that actually had a little bit of peace. They didn't have a lot of raisins, but they had a little bit of peace, and they had a chance at prosperity. They didn't know what to do with it, so they went for it, and they got it, and they succeeded. And maybe their kids will not have to go through what they went through because of their parents. And so poor decisions have been made, but folks, decisions are not made in a vacuum. We don't make decisions in a vacuum. We make decisions based on who we are and our history and our raisins, which means the history of our fathers and our grandfathers and our great-grandfathers is passed down and makes a big part of who we are. You say, Dwayne, what does that have to do with me? What do you expect me to do about it? Have some grace. Have a little bit of compassion. Stop being so judgmental on people that you don't know. Are they screwing up? Probably so. But guess what? We're all humans and we all screw up. All right? When you go through life and you turn around and you assassinate the character or the feelings of a fellow man, you're just like a soldier in the trench. And you try and look at a wounded soldier beside of your soldier who's in your army who wears your uniform and you turn around and point your pistol at him and, and shoot him. That's exactly what you're doing because we're all in this dang trench together and we're all fighting this dang war together and we're all trying to survive as best we can together. But we turn around and we're shooting each other. Oh look, he's wounded. Oh look, he's hurting. Oh look, he's emotionally unstable. Oh look, he's not thinking right. What are we gonna do? We're gonna pull out our gun and shoot him. Metaphorically speaking, of course. Uh, we don't think enough. We don't think. We don't try to put ourselves in the shoes of that man that's not doing right. Yeah, maybe he's a drug addict. Maybe he's a drunk. Maybe he's emotionally, verbally abusive to his family. I'm not excusing it. But maybe he was abused by his dad. And maybe his dad woke up at night with his screaming sweats. And maybe his... His mother had to take all the guns in the house and hide them from his dad because his dad had such PTSD from the horrors of war that we sent him to. And maybe that's who raised that man. And maybe he's doing the best he can and that's all he knows. Maybe he's got a great big emotional hole inside of him because as a small child, there was nobody there to fill it up. What am I asking you to do? I'm asking you to have a little bit of grace to your fellow man today. I'm asking you to have a little bit of grace to yourself today because maybe you were raised, maybe you were raised by one of those lost generations. And maybe you didn't give him enough credit as a dad. You know, in peacetime without going to war, I mean, I, I haven't been to war. I raised seven kids. It's not easy in the best of times. In the best of times, in the best state of mind, in the best emotional state there is, raising kids ain't easy. You guys don't come with a owner's manual, 
all right? It's not easy. And then you take all of the trauma from a past, from your, from your parents' childhood and their grandparents, and they're raised by men who went to war, um, the ones who made it home, or were raised by their mom because dad didn't make it home, or were raised by a stepfather who didn't have the courage and the heart to go to war, and that's the kind of guy he was, and he raised him. So your dad that you think didn't raise you right was probably raised by somebody that didn't raise him right. And it's quite possible that his dad was raised by somebody that didn't raise him right. So what do we do? Again, we have some grace and we have some mercy. And secondly, we break this chain. We break this chain and we raise the next generation right as best we can. Now, that's all I'm going to say about that. I think that's enough. If you have a heart and a brain, you can read through that and you can understand what I'm talking about. And you'll take it to heart. If you don't, ain't nothing I can do for you. All right? Uh, so anyhow, that's it. Uh, what do we got going on here today? I got this really nice new J.M. Boswell. Oh, well, it's been on camera here two or three times. Man, this is a nice pipe. Uh, smokes really good. I like them shorter. I don't like a whole lot of stem out here. It's nice and chunky and, and uh, smokes really well, easy to hold on to, and it's just beautiful. Uh, and then I've got some uh, 2022 Kringle Flake from Sutliff. Um, the holiday edition 2022. This is 20 year old aged Red Virginia with uh, 2003, Mark Ryan's 2003 Perique in it. Uh, it only comes out once a year. Now there was some for, for you pipe tobacco folks there. I, I didn't know, but there was some, a little bit of confusion, I think, um, about whether the 2022 uh, actually added the Perique or not, but I'm to understand that it's the same blend as 2021 was, and it does have the Perique in it. So those that, that matters to, it matters, and, and there you go. Um, so anyhow, I just, I just want to, I just, just want to encourage you guys, okay? I just want to encourage you guys. Uh, if you think I'm full of hot air, start looking stuff up, do some research, and, uh, Start sitting back and thinking, and maybe put out the effort of looking at somebody who, uh, someone that's a burr under your saddle, just start looking at them through new eyes, because um, you don't know where they come from. And uh, maybe you know where they come from, but you don't know that family history all the way back, and you don't know the heart and the soul and the psyche of everybody in that deal. Uh, and, uh, but for the grace of God, that would be you. All right, love you guys and we'll catch you next time.